Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 115 of Buds and Blue Jays. This is your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, what's up? How are you? I am good, Jesse Burrell. I am good. This uh, Detroit series, man, that we just had, had almost everything you could possibly imagine in a baseball. The three games, man. It's not even a four-game series. This series had absolutely everything going into it. Game one, the biggest question mark on my books with Alec Manoa making his return. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the mess that was game two. And then, of course, the finale. It has to be exciting, and it was as we pull off the extra innings win to finally, you know, and feel good going into the All-Star break, man. And I feel, hey, mixed emotions, man. It's very mixed emotions after this Detroit Tigers series, man. Just glad we got out of it alive is what I'll say, man. Definitely a fun series, a series that on paper the Blue Jays should have won two out of three. And thank goodness we did win two out of three in that series. We'll talk about that, including the Blue Jays getting no hit. We have some prospect notes, some injury updates, and the Blue Jays took a player in the MLB draft, which is very interesting tonight. So we will get into all of that in the course of our episode here. But first, guys, remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We want to get a good subscriber push here for the second half of the season. We want to see that numbers grow. And rumor has it that the more times you subscribe to this video, the better the Blue Jays are going to play in the second half, man. I don't know about science, but that seems like pure science to me. So make sure y'all hit that subscribe button to follow along with us all summer long. Um, Riley, and as we've been doing for the last few episodes here, this is episode 115. So I have some Blue Jays related stats that involve the number 115. And this episode is brought to you by Kevin Gosman, because 115 is the number of innings that he has thrown so far this year. That is also the number of home runs that both Juan Guzman and Todd Stottlemyre gave up in their Blue Jays career. And to go for number 115 on the hitting and pitching war in Blue Jays history, number 115 in hitting war is Otis Nixon. And number 115 in pitching war is Sengwon Oh, who was a reliever that we got from the Colorado Rockies there. So, Riley, anything to add on any of those before we get into the game recaps here? Yeah, so Todd Stottlemyre and Juan Guzman, those are those are both World Series champions. I believe I think Juan Guzman was both ninety-two and ninety-three. I think Stottlemyre just there for ninety-three. So yeah, great, uh, great Blue Jays pitchers, great MLB pitchers. Uh, in, in if that's the case, but holy cow, how about the innings that Gosman has pitched? Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the stats and Kevin Gosman's uh, baseball reference, like he has been guys been absolutely dealing this year and i mean rightfully rightfully an all-star and there's just so much so much more to come for him i mean and for the rest of this season it's going to be awesome love watching the guy pitch so yeah there's going to be a lot more innings than 115 man you're busy with a workload if you're at the all-star break and there's 115 innings yeah we're going to talk more about kevin gosman's innings and the rest of the innings for the blue jays pitching staff as we go on further in this episode but let's get into the game recaps in case you weren't able to watch the series against the tigers here game one the game on friday night this was alec manoa's return game and the blue jays won handedly with winning 12 to 2 the blue jays were tied at one after three before they broke out with six in the fourth there and then they just ride out in that laugher until adding five more off a of position player in the ninth and the main story in this one was how Alec Manoa looked solid in his return here six innings pitch five hits one earned run and eight strikeouts for Alec Manoa with a FIP under one in this start he looked very very good for the Blue Jays on the offensive side of the ball George Springer had a home run in this game Whit Merrifield continued his hot streak giving him three home runs in this past two days at that point and added four RBI 
RBIs as well. And Kevin Kiermeyer and Bo Bichette both had three hits and then four for Kiermeyer in game one. In game two, the Blue Jays couldn't come back from their 12-run outburst. In fact, they couldn't even get a hit in this one as Matt Manning, Jason Foley, and Alex Lang combined to throw a no-hitter against the Toronto Blue Jays. Only three Blue Jays batters reached base, and they were all via walk. It was Brandon Belt, Kevin Biggio, and Whit Merrifield were the only Blue Jays to reach base in this game. It is the seventh time the Blue Jays have been no-hit in franchise history. But all that matters in baseball is how you bounce back the next day because in game three of this series, the Blue Jays win a dramatic one. They come back with a final score of four to three in 10 innings. Jays were down three, nothing after Chris Bassett gave up solo runs in the second, third and sixth inning. The Blue Jays got one in the seventh, thanks to uh, Alejandro Kirk RBI ground out, and then got two in the ninth, thanks to a clutch two-run home run off the bat of Danny Jansen. Nathan Lucas was able to drive in the go-ahead run in the top half with a double, and Jordan Romano went ground out, strikeout, ground out to get his American League leading save of the season here. And after the series, Riley, the Blue Jays stand with a record of 50-41. and We are third place in the AL East. We are seven games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who have now lost seven games in a row, Riley. We're tied with Houston for the second wild card spot one game up on the Yankees and two on Boston going into it Riley so how are we feeling about the state of the Toronto Blue Jays right now well Jesse for me right now it takes uh, a hot streak right after this all-star break for us to really make an impact yes the Tampa Bay Rays might be on on a cold tear right now but that's subject to change that's just that's just how it's gonna go it's gonna be a dog fight man you mentioned the teams uh, and we're fighting against the Yankees you never know how many wins they're gonna string together Uh, but it's good to walk out of here with two out of three games, man. Of course, hey, you mentioned game two. Sometimes I guess you get no no hit. I guess that's what happens the day after. A little 12-run hangover for the guys. And then, of course, flair to the dramatics. Late-inning heroics by Nathan Lukes as well. Um, I think had an important hit as mm-hmm. in that one. And, of course, uh, Jansen. But, Jesse... You feel good, and it starts with game one. I love when this works out, when I can talk game one first first off because it's so so important to me to go in order. Um, Alec Manoa dealt in this one. Yes, it looked like his surprise. breaking stuff was finally on point. Oh, my God, man. You want to talk about mind-blowing? This guy went six innings and didn't walk a batter in his first return. Listen, I'm not saying, Jesse, that he's this can't be – you can't go with the mindset that Alex, Alec Manoa is all fixed up like the, the, you have to you have to take this start with a huge grain of salt honestly like this was a great start mm-hmm. i'll give detroit a lot of credit like they strung together some good good hits but let's remember miguel cabrera is is you know in the end of his career very much so javi bias hasn't done anything in the league for at least 3 years and they're a young team and they new seasons they're still very much developing at the major league level so the fact is Manoa got a mixed bag of what he was throwing against the hitters he was facing but anytime you get eight punchies and you don't walk a batter like there's something right going on and I very much love it for a bit this is the start we needed to see because Jesse it could have gone the other way let's be honest we've seen it too many times I, I I don't know what I was expecting. I believe I said I have no expectations for this, and I'm very pleased with what I saw. And, of course, the bats were really, you know, supporting him in this game in case there was a blow-up. Uh, I mean, the runs, really the majority of the runs came later in, in the game off a of Grand Slam, who probably will get a thumbs-up um, coming up next or the one after. But Alec Manoa dealt in this start, his first start back from basically – 
you know, going back to the Florida Complex League and working his way up. Yes, I thought he got pushed up way too quickly. But if this is what it's going to be like, let's just see what happens, Jesse. Let's go into the All-Star break. I mean, hey, it's good to get him a start beforehand. Is it still early? Like, it's still so yet to be determined because we don't know what's going to happen down the road. But we hope good things. What we saw in this one against the Tigers was good things. So let's just go off that, man. Yeah, I was very, very surprised, honestly, from Alec Manoa. And I had my eyes locked into this start, not like you said, not knowing what to expect. I think we both kind of thought, hey, he called him up kind of early. But whatever it is the Blue Jays wanted to see from Alec Manoa, he did it more in this start. And there were a few things I noticed too, Riley. His delivery did look a little different now. He looked like he had more of a smoother range of motion. It wasn't all clunky, you know? It actually felt like there was some smoothness to the delivery. And I like too that he started throwing that sinker like the backdoor ones to the lefties, right? Where it starts in at their body and then breaks back over the plate. Like the one Jose Barrios does quite well. The one Roy Halladay did uh, for all the time here within Toronto. Like if you're a sinker slider guy, that pitch can be very good. And he got, I think out of the eight strikeouts, three of them were strikeouts looking on that pitch, which is something he did great in his start in New Hampshire. And it's something he did great here. And Riley last year, we talked about, well, how good Alec Manoa has been and how he was just so good at inducing soft contact. He induced a lot of soft contact in this start. Average velocity against him was only 89.5 miles per hour and the slider still wasn't there it wasn't exactly back it wasn't the slider that we saw last year from Alec Manoa but he got 19 swings on the pitch got four swings and misses for a 21% rate including 12 foul balls off that pitch Riley so it's progress from Alec Manoa and you know, I think I'm with you. I still think we need to see a lot more. I'm not ready to say that Alec Manoa is back. He's going to be a Cy Young contender for the rest of the season here. But uh, I think it was a positive sign, Riley. And I want to know, what is your confidence level in Alec Manoa going forward? Oh, it's got to be less than a five. If we're doing the scales, I'm going to say yeah. four to ten, maybe a three. I mean, look, the guy, like, the we've been through the ringer with Alec Manoa. I believe that one solid start is 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 great. It's definitely in the right direction let's just yeah. i'm gonna say that much it's a step in the right direction but we still got a long way to go man it's like we're at a turning point in this season where we need alec manoa to be successful and hit his spots and hit his stride because um he went into the year uh you know of basically the third best pitcher in the american league if you want to base it on hardware and now i mean he was one of the worst qualified starters if not the worst qualified starter when he was you know sent down so it's a lot of lot of road ahead for Alec Manoa to still salvage this year. He did, I guess, improve his record to three wins, seven losses on the year. Not great numbers, especially if you look at his whip and earn run average. Still a long way to go, man. But six six innings of no, no walks and uh, only two runs given up. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, great stuff. And I like the quote that Alec Manoa gave after the time when he was asked about his journey and what made it take this long here and how he did it all. And he said, quote, we're just going to do it one pitch at a time, one work at a time, day one, day two, day three, day four, just focus on the task at hand and let everything else fall into place. So that's some real maturity from Alec Manoa there, which I love to see. Uh, Riley, I want to move on now. To, I want to talk about something else. We did get to see a no-hitter here in this series, and it sucks that it happened against the Blue Jays. I know we've been saying for a long time how we want the Blue Jays to throw a no-hitter, which we haven't done in well, we've done once in our franchise history. I have never seen a Blue Jays throw a no-hitter, so I really want us to see one get one. It was the seventh time in our franchise history that the Blue Jays have been no-hit against. I think the last one was Justin Verlander, who did that to us, who's done it to us twice now in his career, Riley. So two questions. One, 
How do you feel about getting no hits, especially by the Detroit Tigers? And then question two, combined no hitters. Are we even counting those? Is that real? Tell me what you think. I mean, listen, uh, it is technically a no hitter. I think the celebration and the like, you got to play it differently. I mean, listen, uh, in my head, a no, when you say it's a no hitter. There's your starting pitcher jumping up and down on the mound after he's thrown 125 pitches, unless you're Greg Maddox and you threw 85 or whatever crazy low numbers and getting soft contact. But yeah, Jesse, I still think it it, it is a no hitter, but it's it's a non-conventional way to get it done. It's, you know, traditionally like traditionally. If you're my thought is if your starter's good to go, if he says he's good to go, I mean, it was a close game. That might be the only difference between uh, the starting the starter coming out or not. Manning, I think, is who it was, right? In game yep, two. Yeah, Manning. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, good for him. The Tigers got a lot of, um, you know, great young talent on the way. Some probably going to fizzle out. Matt Manning, still not really sure. I don't even know if he was a top prospect around the league. I know he was one in their organization, but hey, man, we didn't have our bats in that one. And you said it earlier, only like drew three walks. So, I mean, only getting a base runner three times, your leadoff hitter hardly coming up to bat and you're not turning that lineup over. Obviously, because you're not getting hits. I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, I, I, I want to pretend it didn't happen. We're going to look back on this year, and I think it's going to be a not talked a lot about no hitter around yeah, the league. I, I, it and already seems to be that way, too. It already <laughs> seems to be like that's uh, Jesse, because you bring up a good point. Is it really a no hitter? Because combined no hitters. Yes, they are no hitters, but they're. You know, they're a little lackluster in comparison to your starter deal in nine innings and what we have come to know as, you know, the, the the no hitter, so to speak, on one guy's shoulders. But yeah, hey, man, it's never fun to go nine innings and not uh, not collect any hits, man. That's uh, not what you expect. If you told me the Blue Jays were going to get no hit by the Detroit Tigers, I would have said, what year is it? Do they got Scherzer or Verlander on the hill? Because right. that's, they, you know, it's just one of those things, man. That's funny how baseball works, man. You score 12 runs one one gate day you go you know the next afternoon and you get uh you get no hit mm-hmm. that's uh that's just the way it goes man i guess it's wild in the last five games going back to the last series the blue jays have scored four runs zero 12 16 and then one it seems to be like a very all or nothing uh stuff right now with the toronto blue jays and riley I had one more thought to come out of that how did you feel about brandon belt in the ninth inning there trying to drop down a bunt to break up the no hitter in the ninth do you got to take on that I mean, honestly, I, he sh- I, I don't think he should have done it. Just swing away. Like, yeah. let's, uh, like, I, I won't, I won't try and protect Brandon Belt for this. I mean, it's just take your approach. Brandon Belt would never really do that approach. If that's Dalton Varsho, who's you know tried things like that, I could understand that. It's yeah, still a two Varsho run. Bun a lot, right? It's still a Jesse. At the end of the day, it's still a two run game. If there's a runner, let's say that there's a runner on first base via walk. Wild pitch. Okay, the guy's on second. Then lay down a bunt if there's, you know, less than two outs. Maybe sacrifice him over. Let's say the sacrifice fails. Oh, it's an infield hit. That's how it goes, man. There's a there's a lot of difference in, in that, man. So whatever. I mean, I don't think he's going to pay for it. Like I said, this will not be talked about too much, I don't think. And and whatever for, for Brandon Bell, just swing away, man. Not not gonna not gonna, you know, say anything bad. But yeah, just take your take your regular approaches, man. That's your don't mess with your uh mess with your yeah. game, especially when you're hitting in the in the three hole, man. That's that's, that's not uh, 
Like that's you know that's not a good approach. Actually, sorry, my bad. He was in the two hole in in that game actually. So that's even more of a promotion. And, and if you want to call the two hitter nowadays being your best hitter. Yep, and that's what I was saying. Exactly. You need two runs, right? And you're our middle of the lineup or a guy like swing the bat, get out there, you know. But it is what it is, Riley. I want to talk about a good hero in game three, the guy that really got the Blue Jays to win this series. Because if this didn't happen, Riley, losing two out of three before the All-Star break against the Detroit Tigers would have really sucked. But we got this one on the back of Danny Jansen hitting a big home run. And I feel like Danny Jansen hasn't more like monstrous, like really clutch home runs for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. In fact, going into that inning, Riley, the Toronto, uh, the the Detroit Tigers had a ninety eight point nine percent chance of winning that ball game until Danny Jansen hit that home run. If you've seen the win expectancy chart for this game, it was quite, it was like right up against the line for Detroit, and then one big steep drop when Danny Jansen hit that home run. So it was very good, and it's. Watching Danny Jansen hit, especially because where he's so pole fly ball heavy, like hit the ball in the air, hit it to your pole side is so different from a lot of the other Toronto Blue Jays approach currently right now. And it's actually kind of refreshing to see that this guy could go out and get those big home runs because of that at bats he has been having. So just a thumbs up to you, Danny Jansen. And thank you for getting us the win in this game here. Yeah, absolutely. Jesse, I've said this once. If there's no Kirk, I mean, hey, it's good to have two catchers, but this guy needs to play a full season because I really want to see what those numbers will be like. If Jansen played every day and stayed healthy this year, he'd be leading our team in home runs. Yeah, I'm saying that. He has 11 on the year. Bo Bichette leads our team with 15. And there are a lot of guys in the league that are poking 20. The Blue Jays have not hit well for home runs. But I'm telling you, man, this year, Jansen would be leading our team in, in home runs. And I think there's a chance he could have had 20. I love a, I love a power-hitting catcher, man. I really don't catch your batting average. Don't care. Just stay above the Mendoza line. But if you want to talk about a catcher that can can lace balls into onto his pull side field and uh, really make big splashes in games, Danny Jansen's your guy. Absolutely love when he's in the lineup, man. Like, I, like he's got to be. I, I don't know, man. It's tough. Like we got we got ten guys, maybe eleven guys on the cusp, but Jansen is ahead of a lot of those guys. I mean, get him in the lineup more often. We need power because we're lacking power from guys that should have power. And Danny Jansen supplies a ton of power from the catcher position. Yep, is absolutely well needed. And another guy who's probably showed some power this weekend is that Whit Merrifield. He gets named an all-star and he's been ripping through these AL Central ball diamonds and he had another home run in game one in this series. He had two hits in the finale here as well. He got moved up to the leadoff spot with George Springer out of the lineup going being placed on the paternity lift. So yeah, I don't have anything else to add on Whit Merrifield. We gave him a lot of love after the White Sox series. It's just good player, everyday player. Get him in the lineup and I want to see him up there every single day. Everyday player, top of the lineup type guy. I don't know where his spot will be when George gets back. Um, but yeah, you got to have Whit Merrifield the lineup, especially the way he's been swinging the bat as of late, man. It's good to see that unexpected power from veteran Whit Merrifield because he's still um, one of the best complimentary pieces to this Blue Jays club right now. And yeah, we need him in the lineup, man. Whether he's first, second, or even down seven, eight spot, it doesn't matter. We, he needs to be inserted into this Blue Jays lineup.
right. And then I have some news and notes that came out from the Blue Jays, especially as they finished up their first half of the season here. Um, Kevin Gosman has 153 strikeouts before the All-Star break. That is a Blue Jays franchise record. 13 more than Roger Clemens had in 97. And it's 23 more than what Robbie Ray had in 2021. And then A.J. Burnett and Juan Guzman are next on that list. Kevin Gosman struck out more than anybody. Jordan Romano has been officially named an All-Star, which makes sense. He leads the American League in saves. Got his 26 of the season in this series. So Jordan Romano will be at the All-Star game, and he actually hopes to plan on pitch at the All-Star game this year, which he didn't get to do his last go-around. Kevin Gosman is declining his trip to the All-Star game. He is going to spend the weekend with his family, which I think is very well-deserved. I wish more Blue Jays would go spend their time with their family. And uh, Nathan Lucas had a clutch RBI double, which we mentioned early in this episode there. And uh, Zach Pop has been reinstated from the IL, but they sent him right to AAA. I'm assuming it won't be too long if we need a guy that we might see Zach Pop back up in here. So uh, any thoughts on those, Riley? Pop will be very effective when he comes back. I'm not sad to see Gosman not go. Family is first. Obviously, yep. your job is very important. And it's not like we're he's missing a start to a playoff game or a game that even counts. Um, I'm totally okay with that move. And yeah, Jesse, I I said I had Romano in my top. Probably He probably was in my top three Blue Jays going to the All-Star game. Um, when I first, I probably had Gosman, Bo, and then Romano if I was to rank yep. them. So, yeah, rightfully r- rightfully so, in my opinion, man. Um, sometimes it takes an injury to get inserted or a guy backing out, whatever. Um, totally cool with it. I mean, if he pitches in it, great. I mean, but it's just – I just like to see it, that little star on your baseball reference page. And Jordan Romano deserves it. Honestly, that's – to me, that's what it does. means. I want to look back in three years and see a 2022 star, a 2023 star. And if he gets any after that, then I guess we'll see, man. I'd love that too. Uh, down on the farm, some Blue Jays things are doing some interesting things. Hunjin Ryu pitched four scoreless innings in his rehab start for the Dunedin Blue Jays the other morning. He gave up three hits, striking out one over his four innings pitch. Threw 37 pitches and 27 of them were strikes. So Hunjin Ryu out there throwing a lot of strikes, which is what you want to see. He topped out at 88.4 miles per hour. So he was never a big velocity guy. The velocity isn't there in this start either. Did get, did generate four swinging strikes and the changeup looked good, which has always been the bread and butter for Hunjin Ryu. And we had two Blue Jays compete in the Futures game that just took part and both of them kind of struggled a little bit. Yasver Zulueta pitched two-thirds of an inning, gave up a hit, one earned run, did hit a batter, but both of his outs were via strikeouts. The one hit went for a double. That wasn't hit very hard and he did have a good CSW, which is called strikes plus whiff percentage. Can't take much on only one inning of work there. And Sam Roberts was in the Futures games. He also only got one out, gave up two hits, two earned runs, and got a guy by strikeout, but only threw nine pitches. And so that's how the Blue Jays performed there. Any thoughts on any of those, Riley? No, not really. I, like, not really at all, man. We, uh, It's good to see guys get in the Futures game. Uh, but then again, Jesse, what's it mean, man? Not much, not much right yeah. now. But hey, it's news. It's for this pod, man. It's newsworthy. Yep. Uh, Bo Bichette played second base in the Futures game of the year he was there. So uh, what does that tell you about the Futures game there? And then I have one more note here, Riley, is that the Blue Jays um, have a bunch of pitchers that are on pace for innings limits or career high in innings pitched. And we kind of touched on the Kevin Gosman one, how he's already thrown 115 innings this season. But joining him are... Chris Bassett, Yusei Kikuchi, Jordan Romano, Trevor Richards, Eric Swanson, Tim Meza, and Nate Pearson are all currently on pace for to set career highs and in innings pitched this year. Are we? Do we have a concern level? Are we worried about this? Like maybe one of these guys being less effective as we get into the second half here, or is this just, hey, these guys are good pitchers. We got to use our good pitchers. What are your thoughts? I, I'm looking at the list right now of innings pitched on, on Blue Jays pitchers, and I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think Swanson 
Swanson's Swanson's workload has been limited before. I mean, yes, maybe 2022 he did get more than not as far as you know high leverage situations. Trevor Richards has been we have we didn't talk about him um, this episode, but he had another. I know he had a, at least one game in the series and he did quite well. Trevor Richards has really surprised me as far as you know. We got three pitchers with over a hundred innings, and you know with Barrios 108 and Bassett with 109 innings pitch and Kikuchi. Man, he him him throwing the pitches he has this year and the amount of innings. That's just because he's been going deeper and having more yeah. success. Man, I'm just, I'm not really concerned. There's no reliever that shocks me. Um, I, I'm probably gonna lose the bet on Nate Pearson. I don't know what our number was. If it was 50 innings or what it was, do you remember what the twenty nine and a half number- was our over under Riley? And I'm gonna check right now to see where it's he's 30, at. 30, 31 and two thirds innings. So there you go, right Look there at, at the All Star break. It's, he has, he has pitched. He has almost pitched. Um, you know, 32 innings. So that's hey. Well, he's done well. That's that's what I got to say. He's got more innings pitched than than Tim Mays. If you told me that by the All Star break, I'd say you're crazy. But uh, he's paid. He's been effective. Nate Pearson has been very effective. All right, and the MLB draft took place tonight, Riley. And unfortunately, neither you or me have been drafted into the MLB draft. I don't know what's up. I'm going to have to give my agent a call. I really thought, you know, trying to get a 30-year-old out of Canada who's maybe a little out of shape to play in the big leagues. But I guess the dream will not die. But the Blue Jays did actually take a player. We took a shortstop prep, Arjun Nimella, at pick number 20. He's a Tampa area kid. He's a right-handed hitter. And a lot of scouts think think he has a big-time offensive upside. Most scouts think he can stay at shortstop stop long term um he's from india originally now he speaks good english he's um he was a cricket player growing up and then he transferred over to baseball and once he started playing baseball all he's done is play baseball he's an incredibly young kid riley this kid is only 17 years old but because he's so young a lot of the people a lot of the scouts seem to think he might have sky high upside it's just going to be a long long time before we see this guy in the Blue Jays. Like some scouts had him as a projected top 10 pick. So the Blue Jays were able to get him till 20. I always like that. And the Blue Jays seem to have always seemed to have done this. They seem to bet on guys who have talent, but are maybe not the most secure or the most predictable. Like Gunnar Hoagland, the year we drafted him, for example, I remember that the Blue Jays really liked him and they thought his stuff was worthy of a top 10 pick. It's just, he wasn't a top 10 pick because he was injured. And I like how the Blue Jays are picking players like this as they get into the draft here, because you want to shoot for upside and it sounds like this kid could have superstar potential written all over him. I want this draft. That was on my list. I'm and and also um, I'm really glad we because we do have some good infielders in our organization right now. I'm really okay with basically I'm going to say planning ten years down the road. It could be ten years before this guy gets into the league. I don't know for sure. That would put him at, what, 26, 27, making his big league debut. Yeah, I, I bet <laughs> it'll be earlier than that. Okay, and, it, and it could be. It could be, you know, right along those lines. But uh, it could be five years. Uh, we really don't know, but I love a guy with a lot of upside. And I wanted an infielder. I think that's really cool. He's an ex-cricket player. I don't know the conversion, uh, nor do I know the rules of cricket. Um, <laughs> I don't either. I don't, I know there, uh, there's a work we call them batters and they're batsmen um, yeah. in, in cricket. But um, honestly, if he's a good ball player and can play, and if he's an infielder, a middle infielder with pop that can stay at the position of shortstop, sign me up for that, Jesse. Sign me up for that all day. 
Yeah, and I just have a quote here from the Blue Jays amateur scouting director, Shane Farrell, on what the team likes about Arun Namella. And he says, combining the age, power, and physical projection, we think he's going to fill out and be a strong and a mature individual, and that power is going to continue to grow and translate to game. Riley, I heard these exact same things said about Austin Martin when the Blue Jays were drafting a shortstop who we ended up using to trade to get Jose Barrios, who hasn't spent much time in the big leagues, if at all. So we'll see. This player is different. I will say the Blue Jays got him at 20. A lot of other big sports publications had this guy going higher. Like I said, Baseball America had him at 17. The Athletic had him at 8. MLB Pipeline had him at 11. ESPN had him at 11. So it seems like the Blue Jays got a good player here in Abrumula. I'll, t- I'll take it, man. 20s, you could you could really end up with, uh, you know, we'll never, MLB draft's a fun one in comparison to a lot of other sports. You really don't know what you're getting in a lot of, they, the number one pick is never, never a guarantee. Yeah. Never a guarantee. And remember, Mike Trout was picked, I believe, in the 20s um, of his draft class as well. So, right dude, after Randall Gritchick. Hey, there's a, there's a good one for you. And you, you put those numbers t- side by side and tell me who's, um, you know, who's had the better MLB career. But uh, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm happy we took an infielder and I'm happy we took a young infielder. Honestly, that's great. I'm, right. I'm happy with our, our selection. Riley, if you were going to be in the MLB draft, what would you do? Would you go to the draft live? Would you be at home with your friends and family? Like what would your draft day plan be? So, Oh, I mean, like, holy, let's dream big. I probably like, mm-hmm. well, let's be, let's be honest. Like I would be, geez, I'd be like a 30th round pick, man. <laughs> like I get, I get a text message from probably a guy who I met at camp. Yo, Riley, did you know you just got, you just got picked up by, uh, by the Cubs? Oh, no way. What round? Oh, 32nd, man. I don't even know what that number would be in picks. That's a very long ways down the road. Yeah. I don't know. But if I was an insane athlete, I'd want to go there and, you know, hug your hug your parents and go up and put the jersey on. Yeah. If I was a projected first rounder, but um, if if I had any if I wasn't a first rounder, yeah, it'd be sitting at sitting at home. That makes sense, right? With your friends and family, enjoy the moment. I don't know. I can dream. Another year goes by, another day. I am not drafted into the MLB draft, but so be it. We'll see what the Blue Jays do in day two and day three. We can talk about it later on our next episode, but that'll do it for the end of our episode here today, and that'll do it for the unofficial first half of the Toronto Blue Jays season. A lot of things to like, a lot of things we didn't like. In fact, Riley, you and I are going to record a bonus episode here shortly where we're going to go over everything about the first half, the things we like, the top storylines we followed, what are some stats that expect that surprise us what are some player development changes you know that we have really changed our mind and how we think about this team so we're gonna record that episode too so keep an eye on your podcast feeds and on your youtube feed to find that episode please make sure you like subscribe follow us on twitter instagram tiktok all that stuff wherever you can find your podcasts you can find buds and blue jays riley anything else to add before we call our episode here tonight if you're listening to our tigers recap series right now and you haven't watched the episode coming it's going to be a good one i can guarantee you that this is where jesse and i will shine finally talk about players and i'm sure i'll introduce you to yeah let me yeah comment on the you know how the tiger series went and everything like that but our big one's coming up next this is the one that i myself have been waiting for um because i have a lot to say i have a lot to say so without further ado I mean, thanks for listening to our Detroit Tigers series. We're lucky that we got away with two out of three as we head into the MLB All-Star break with our All-Stars playing in the game or staying at home. Doesn't matter.
come into the second half with a set of fresh legs and a good attitude and a winning, winning mindset, Jesse. That's the key. Let's have a winning mindset for the second half. Yeah, and for making that a little programming note about our show, too, we're going to have that other episode coming out. That'll hit your airwaves here shortly. But then also, you and I are probably going to take a little bit of break ourselves until the after the probably Arizona Diamondback series, unless there is some major breaking news. If the Blue Jays make a massive trade or something before the end of that series, then we'll hop back on and talk about that. But it's probably, it's you know, it's a time for us podcasters to take a little bit of a break as well. So we'll be doing that as well. Until then, guys, be on the lookout for our new episode, and then we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot, guys.